Hello, and welcome to Hump Day Habits, the podcast where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and go-getters learn the habits, routines, and skills to take you to the next level in your personal, professional, and social lives. We're all about working on your business and life and not just in them. I'm your host, Sean Miles, and I'm here to help you have it better. Just a quick note, if you hear me interacting with people, episodes of Hump Day Habits are filmed live on Instagram. So feel free to check us out on Wednesdays at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time if you want to ask some specific questions about that week's topic. You can find us on Instagram by searching Habit Better, all one word. So please enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Hump Day Habits. And today we are going to be talking about sustainable focus. And I think everyone can attest that that's something we all aspire to and, and, and try to have in our life, uh, but it is not always there. And we're going to work through kind of why sustainable focus is important and then what to do. You know, so what are the things that you can do in order to help maintain that, that sustainable and steady focus throughout the day and then throughout your life? So why is it important? Well, as it says, it, it helps you focus. So the ability to focus uh, means the ability to be productive, to be your best self, um, to you know, kind of get all the things that you need to be do done and do them efficiently because you're focused on them. Um, and then the sustainable aspect is avoiding burnout in in you know the most basic sense. You know, so making sure that you're able to maintain that pace, able to maintain that focus over the course of the day and not hit walls or barriers and, and things like that. So how do we do this? You know, it's uh, people have called uh, sustained focus a, a flow state is how it's sometimes referred to. And so we're not going to get as much into like creating flow, which because that's a little bit different. But a lot of this will set you up to get into that flow state because you will be able to sustain that focus. So the first thing that that really helps is to do lists. Um, so our, you know, kind of just listing out the things that you have to do, getting them out of your head and onto paper allows you more space in your brain. So it gets those things out of your head onto the paper so that they're not just bouncing around. So there's something um, called the Zygernick effect. And it is this concept that you remember things that are incomplete more than complete tasks. So they like, they take up more working space in your head than, than tasks that are completed. So also by creating a to-do list, you create this motivation when you get to check things off, right? You know, so um, as you check things off your to-do list, you get a little boost of motivation and that's going to help you to maintain focus. So you, you've you've created some focus with your to-do list. We like to then break that down into daily targets. So out of this, you know, it might be a big to-do list. I know I've got, you know, a massive to-do list that n- never does anything except get longer, right? So you're going to take out of that and, and move it into your daily targets. So then you're going to just have the few things that you're focusing on that day. So it's going to set us up for that focus. So we've eliminated kind of parts of the Zygarnik effect um, by writing them down. 
And uh, also when you write them down, you increase your retention rate by like 20%. And then we're increasing our focus now that we've got this brain space, we're, we're even further narrowing our scope by shifting into daily targets. And you wanna prioritize these daily targets based on the big picture. So you wanna always have a plan of action written out and scheduled. So you can reduce the feeling that you're forgetting something. So, so having this um, written down is going to help you eliminate that feeling like, oh, what am I forgetting? What am I doing? You know, and, and so then you can prioritize based on your big picture, have this plan of action, and schedule it. So scheduling actually gets really interesting. So your brain, actually you can like, m kind of meta-train your brain to work on specific types of tasks or specific tasks that you repeat frequently at the same time. So scheduling out blocks, so like, oh, I'm going to do my creative writing typically between this time and this time, and I'm going to do email between this time and this time. By creating like a templated day, so to speak, you'll further enhance your brain's ability to focus on those tasks because it do it's done this before, right? It's, it's reinforcing those neurological patterns. So that's kind of number one. So like have this to-do list, get it out of your brain onto paper so you can, not, you can eliminate that feeling of forgetting and then move, move that massive to-do list into your daily targets so that you can like check things off and, and maintain that focus on this is just today. This is what I need to know about. That list exists. I'm not going to forget anything. I'm just doing this today. So then we get into what is the biggest problem that I see today which is resisting the urge to multitask. So I know people that are like, no, I'm a great multitasker. Like, I'm, I'm fantastic at this. Um, you're not. You're not as good as you think you are. Um, task switching results in lost time as you try and get into the next task and out of the previous task. So when you're getting into the next task, you have to remember where you were in the task. And you have to start thinking through the task. And you might say like, oh, but that's, you know, that's nothing. But it adds up over the course of the day. So the more complex the task is also, you know, going to directly relate to that switching time. So the more complex it is, the longer it's going to take to switch. And David Meyer, who's a PhD, did a study back in 2001. And he estimates that 40% of lost productive time is because tenths of seconds stack up in task switching. So literally every time you're switching, you're losing tenths of seconds. And if it's a complex task, you're losing more than that as you try and you know dig into it. I think we can all attest to a project that we come back to and it takes us a good 10 minutes to really like get into the mindset. Where was I? What am I doing? You know, things like that. And you that's lost time as opposed to chunking it, focusing on that task singularly and executing on it. And so that's kind of, you know, long story short, just resist the urge to multitask. Set yourself up with a daily target list, work through that list one at a time, and really just, you know, turn off distractions, notifications, things like that. So kind of moving into the next set, we're going to talk about some, some background things that we can do to help us build uh, the capacity for more sustained focus. So exercise is a, a huge one, right? You know, we all know exercise is good for us. 
you know, helps uh, the, the cardiovascular system, you know, depending on what type of exercise you're doing. It also generates this super cool thing called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And so what that does is promote neurogenesis and nerve health. So it, neurogenesis is the creation of new nerve cells. And this is super cool because, I mean, not even 20 years ago, they didn't really think neurogenesis, the creation of new nerves, happened outside of childhood. And, and so the fact that now we know, not only know that uh, it happens, but that you can encourage it to happen through things like exercise and other um, what they call environmental enrichments. So, you know, you're going to get that neurogenesis, improved nerve health of the existing nerves. That's going to boost your memory, your cognition, your short-term memory, like so your working memory, how much you can store in, in a working task while you're doing something, your long-term memory. All of that is coming from exercise. So making sure that you're getting you know, some sort of exercise um, to, to take advantage of that, that uh, BDNF, yes, uh, um, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So then the next thing that we want to talk about is eating. So it's critical for, for sustaining focus. If you are, you know, running down calorie depleting and you're not refilling and giving your body the fuel that it needs, you are going to get distracted. You're going to start thinking about food first off, um, but you're also going to get distracted by other things. So don't skip or delay meals or food. Keep your blood sugar stable. You don't want to eat a bunch of sugar. You don't want to like spike your blood sugar and then have it come crashing down. You want to eat things that are going to keep your uh, blood sugar stable. And Harvard did a study and actually found, you know, this selection of foods that I'll run through helped to um, kind of support brain health and brain function. So things like green leafy vegetables like kale, spinach, uh, broccoli is on there too. It's my, my personal favorite actually. I eat uh, broccoli every day for lunch. I eat steamed vegetables and sardines in olive oil. Um, it's very delicious. I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but hey, you know, when, when there were runs on the, on the grocery stores and everything, they never sold out of sardines. So, you know, very stable supply. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's part of the next item that Harvard identified, fatty fish, um, like salmon. Um, other things, berries, like uh, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, um, all really good for, for that brain health. And then uh, walnuts, or one specifically that they looked at, which I always think is pretty interesting because if you crack open a walnut, like a, a whole or a half walnut, like literally looks like a brain. So every time you see a walnut, you should think, hey, healthy brain, pop it in your mouth. Um, so those foods, um, you know, kind of are exemplary, right, for brain health. But overall, we just want to make sure that we have, you know, steady, even blood sugar levels. Okay, so those are some like nice background items. Another one is sleep you have to make sure that you are well rested. You are not, you know, chronic sleep loss has been shown to reduce your ability to concentrate in studies. Um, and so making sure that you are getting, you know, those eight hours close to it or a little more if you're training hard or doing something super strenuous, you actually are going to need more sleep. So making sure you're getting your sleep. 
So those are those are your your background items, right? So you're exercising, you're eating well, you know, keeping your blood sugar stable, you know, popping in some of those healthy brain foods, um, and and getting good sleep. So now we're gonna we're gonna shift a little bit and like talk about training your brain to focus. So this is super cool. Um, Habit Better is all about training your brain. Our, our guided journaling courses are designed specifically to train your brain to help you create habits to achieve joy and to achieve your goals. And so um, some of the things that you can do to train your brain to focus. Um, one that I do every morning is meditation. They did a study, just five days of 20 minutes of, of meditation, uh, and the participants showed an improvement in f- their ability to focus their ability to recall information, their energy, their mood, and their stress levels. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. So this came out of the University of North Carolina. And I mean, I had to do a double take when I when I read that originally, because I was like, wait, just five days? That's it? That's all, you know, five days of 20 minutes a day? Wow. Um, you know, and, and it's a statistically significant difference in, in those factors. So, you know, meditation. If you want to be able to sustain focus for longer and and have it be a sustainable aspect of your work life, start meditating. There's mountains of research about it now. Um, so other things you can do are you know like there's actually like brain training apps and tools. Um, so there's uh, Muse is actually a meditation app, but you wear like a headband that and you focus um, very specifically as opposed to just like general mindful meditation. Um, so that's pretty cool. I've used that. Lumosity is another app that's brain training, kind of some puzzles and everything. So the mechanisms on those are not exactly clear, you know, so they, they've done specific research on meditation, but some of these apps are not exactly clear, but the, the research does indicate that it improves your ability to focus. So another one, uh, another great way to train your brain to focus is puzzles. So like we're talking, you know, like cardboard, you know, shapes, puzzle them together and everything. Uh, puzzles are really great. So they improve uh, right-left coordination. Um, they improve your working memory. So that's going to allow you to hold more information in your kind of conscious thought and and set you up to be able to focus a lot better and more sustainably. And, and I mean, I love working on puzzles. And I, I do notice a difference because it's a focused task that involves like problem solving and intricacies. Um, it really, you know, helps to to improve that ability to focus. And so those are just some ways that you can actively take part in training your brain to focus. So now we're going to go to like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. I'm, I'm going to, I need to focus on this task. So one of the things you want to do is set up your environment. So one, you know, starting out, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, the ability to focus and eliminate distractions. So, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb. Um, if you really need to get some focused work done, you need to eliminate those distractions. Um, this is going to help with the task switching, right? Because every time you look away and look to your phone, you're, you're switching tasks again. And so when you're setting up your environment, you, you want to 
pay special attention to limiting your distractions as much as possible. Um, it's, it's kind of a quick win when you think about it, you know, like closing your browser windows, only having the window open that you're working on if you're working on a computer, turning off all of those notifications that we all have set up all of the time, right? You know, um, I don't know about you, but my phone is constantly blowing up and flashing lights and it's like a disco in there. Um, but, you know, just putting it, you know, swiping down or, you know, just swiping across and putting it on do not disturb is, is a really easy win to set you up. Um, for a good environment. So the next thing is actually designing your space for focus. So a clean space is a clean mind as they as the saying goes. And so you can really just like eliminate the visual distractions around you. So clutter, having a clean work desk and space and everything like that is really going to help you to kind of clean your mind and allow your mind to focus on that single thing instead of the pile of books in the corner or the laundry at your feet or anything like that. Um, it also, you know, if you, in the, in the process of designing your space, you want to choose a specific space. Um, you, so what I mean there is go to the same place every day. It eliminates one more decision from your life if you have a designated space. So, and, and a fun twist on this is we talked about blocking out your time for like specific scheduled tasks and types of tasks earlier. Another way you can think of this is like designate a space for a specific type of task. Maybe you do your creative work outside, um, at, you know, at a table outside because you like being outside. Um, you know, assuming you can find a space that's got limited distraction, right? Um, maybe you do your office work at a specific desk. But the idea is to eliminate the number of decisions you need to make and preserve that willpower so that you can focus more effectively. Find a quiet space. Super basic one, right? Um, so as you're setting up your environment, try and make it as quiet as possible. Noise-canceling headphones are really fantastic for this. I also like to put on you know, some good classical music um, or some you know, electronic dance music, depending on what I'm doing. Um, in order to kind of get me in the right zone to, to facilitate that focus and also cancel out all of that background noise. Uh, I think especially during this pandemic when so many of us are working from home and we've got kids and spouses and dogs and everyone else, you know, coming in and out of the house, um, being able to kind of tune that out and to have a, a, a quiet space inside your headphones at least um, is, is really crucial to to helping set up an environment that allows you to sustain focus. So this brings us kind of to the last item on sustainable focus, and this is around taking breaks. So yes, it's sustainable focus, but in order to sustain it over, over the longer term, you have to take breaks. They did actually research out of the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, and they had one group work straight through a set of tasks. And they had another group take a five-minute break every 20, 25 minutes. So what does that sound like? Well, that's my favorite thing, right? It's a Pomodoro. So they had one group do Pomodoro, and they had the other group just go straight through all of the tasks. And what they found is that the group that took breaks completed the tasks more effectively and more efficiently, and they were more correct. So... Taking those five-minute breaks improved their ability to consistently perform. So the other thing they looked at is like, 
for each task, like during each work set on that um, that break group, they were able to maintain a sustained high level of focus and concentration, as opposed to the control group that didn't take a break had a decline. So over time, their level of concentration and focus declined because they weren't taking breaks. And so I think that's really telling when you're like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to plow through it. Well, yeah, you're going to plow through it and you're going to, you know, get worse and slower and slower and less concentration, make more errors. So why not take a break? Another advantage of taking a break is taking a walk. So often when you are not actively pressing on a problem solve, um, excuse me, not actively pressing on a problem you are trying to solve and you are uh, taking walks. There's been research that shows that actually walking, not running, because that takes too much mental energy, but the act of walking and, and easy movement increases um, your subconscious's ability to solve problems. This is, this is kind of those like aha moments in the shower, right? You know, or aha moments on a walk, or Steve Jobs was famous for doing his meetings on a walk. And so, you know, taking that five minute break and just taking a walk, you're not actively working, you're taking a break. But your subconscious and your brain is going to be kind of processing things in new, unique ways while you're not consciously focused on that problem. Um, another benefit is reducing eye strain. So by just like grinding away at the computer and just like, you know, really staring into that computer, getting real close to that screen, it's, it's a strain on your eyes. You know, so one of the other previous episodes, I talked about blue light glasses as being really important. And that's great. Um, but you know, eye doctors generally recommend like a 20, 20, 20 rule. So every 20 minutes you take a break and for at least 20 seconds, you look at something that's 20 feet or more away from you. And so you're like looking away as opposed to the screen that's constantly in your face the whole time. Um, and this is going to help decrease eye strain. And by decreasing the eye strain, you're going to decrease your stress, decrease the likelihood of getting like a stress headache or an eye strain headache. Um, and, you know, just improve your ability, again, to sustainably focus and, and have that sustainable focus. One of the more fun tips that I came across was uh, be bored. So Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work. And in it, he, he mentions uh, be, like being okay with being bored and allowing your brain to be at rest. And, you know, for brief periods of time, being bored is is good for you, right? You know, like it's going to let you, uh, let your mind recharge, let your mind rest and everything like that. And so being comfortable with that. Um, one of the things that I've, I've heard about before and that I really like is eating in silence. So a lot of times now we are constantly looking at our phone. Like we've got our food, we have a fork in one hand, our phone in the other hand. We're like, nah, 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 you know, like looking at our screen, take a break, take a breather, enjoy your food, give your mind a break. Um, you know, get some space. Speaking of keep getting some space, kind of the last idea behind taking breaks, and this is more on like long-term breaks, keep work separate. So if at all possible, keep your work separate from other things. So this is like having that designated space, right? Having that place that you're going to go to to work. Um, you know, that, that's really going to help you to separate things out and get that rest that your body needs and that your brain needs in order to sustain focus. So that's, you know, that's the, that's the rub on sustaining focus. You've, uh, you know, you've got your to-do lists and your daily targets. 
um, you know, specific tasks at specific times, uh, you know, resisting the urge to multitask, huge one, exercise, making sure you're eating, keeping that blood sugar stable, training your brain to focus. So doing some of that meditation. Um, I didn't mention it specifically, but journaling is also another really fantastic way to train your brain to focus. Um, and, and we do that with habit better, set up your environment, uh, take breaks and then, um, you know, separating that and, and sleeping, right. You know, like making sure you're getting a good night's sleep. So I hope that was helpful to everyone. Um, as a note, we are actually transitioning this into a podcast. So we'll still be here live, but we are, you know, doing hump day habits. You'll, if you notice, there's this little microphone down here, um, as a podcast. And so it is available on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Um, and we're, we're going to be listing in a couple of others soon. Um, but check us out. You can listen to all the previous episodes and everything like that. And that's where you'll find us. So another really cool thing that we're doing is we are teamed up with uh, Trisha Chinitzi over at Empath Entrepreneur, Empath Entrepreneurs. So uh, Trisha is a business coach, and she does a phenomenal job of helping empath entrepreneurs. So they are a small business membership for sensitive and ambitious business owners. And, you know, it's kind of like, her thing is like, whoever said you need to be cool and emotionless to run a thriving business. I know I didn't say that, but I'm pretty sure the Wolf of Wall Street said it at some point. Um, but, you know, they're, you know, Empath Entrepreneurs is there to nurture and educate um, through the daily grind, right? Because we all know it's tough to run your own shop. And their goal is to, you know, give you a super safe space on the internet where you can ask questions, connect with other business owners like you, and process things together, right? You know, like as empaths, um, you know, she's got online toolkits, education, and as part of her membership, you get access to all of Habit Better's stuff. So really go check that out. Um, empath entrepreneurs, Trisha Shiniti, you know, we, we, I think we've got a link in our bio on Instagram. Um, but Again, thank you all for joining me and I look forward to seeing you all here next week or listen to us on the podcast because we're up there now and uh, have a great hump day.